0: i Is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's. On mm mm-hmm.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Good to see all of you today as we gather together again to celebrate God's great goodness, his love for us. We are still in the Easter season, so we're still rejoicing in the good news that Jesus Christ is alive, he is living, he is with us every day, and we are just sharing the the good news of, of the Easter resurrection. And you are in this series called Rejoice How can we not rejoice because Jesus is alive and because he has defeated our greatest enemy, death, and now because of that we know we have eternal life. Our sins are forgiven and we'll spend eternity with him. So we have every reason to rejoice and celebrate and that's what we'll do together this evening. I'm Pastor Dan, one of the pastors here at Faith. I look forward to worshiping with you today and digging into the word of God with you as we talk about he is raised indeed from the dead. And what that means is that we have been rescued. We'll talk about rescue. There's an outline I hope you received when you came in for the sermon that we'll work through together as we talk about what it is that we've been rescued from together. So um, a few things before we begin worship. It's uh, the fifth weekend of the month. That means we celebrate Holy Communion tonight as well. So not only do we get to hear the word of God, we get to receive the very body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. You all know we believe that in, with, and under the bread and wine God adds the very body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. And so if you uh, believe that, we would welcome you to join us uh, at the altar when that time comes. For those of you who are participating online, we hope that you've got your holy place ready. And if you're going to uh, share in the Lord's Supper with us, we have, uh, pray that you've already got your bread and wine ready, that you'll participate in the words of confession and absolution, in the words of institution, so that no matter where we are, God can unite us together around the body and blood of Christ. So I hope you're ready for that when it comes as well. Uh, Just some announcements before we dig in. I hope that you're reading your announcement bulletin. You'll see in there that there's some important stuff about our congregational forums this weekend. So right after worship tonight, actually at 6.30, uh, uh, we're going to have our first of three forums just to talk about uh, some of the future of our church to talk about our 75th anniversary celebration and talk about a possible capital campaign and doing some growth and to listen to your thoughts about all of that. So if you can join us, uh, we have an open house at 6 if you want to just kind of check out the school and the child care. And then at 6.30, come on back in for the first of our three forums. If you can't make it tonight, you can always come on Sunday, tomorrow, uh, at the faith site after the last service or Monday night Uh, at seven o'clock after our Monday night worship is the third forum. So we pray that you'll join us and that you'll share your heart and your faith with us as we talk about where God's moving us in the future. Also, you'll see there some stuff about our El Oregano trip. If you wanna join us on our trip to visit our dear brothers and sisters in Guatemala, information there for you. Our community prayer and healing service is coming up quickly. Uh, And so information on that and how you can also come to the sanctuary all day on that national day of prayer and be in prayer information about our annual congregational meeting is there also. So I hope you're checking and following through all the opportunities that God has for you to be a part of the ministry we share together here at Faith. All right, all that being said, it is time to worship our amazing God together today. So would you please stand and we're going to begin with this song called Rejoice as we open up our hearts in song and praise to God.
0: Yeah. to um, move into a time of confession, um, but instead of saying our confession, we're going to sing it um, with this next song, Carrie Laison, um, which essentially is just talking about how we, we need Christ. And we can't do anything without Him. And so we call on His name for Him to have mercy on us for him to show grace upon us because we need him. So let's sing this song. For the things we've done and left undone, We choose above your own
1: of the truly most remarkable and amazing things about our God is that even when we fail, even when we turn against him, even when we go our own way and turn away from his paths for us in our lives, no matter what we've done, no matter what kind of week we've had, whenever we come to him and cry out, as Eliza just said, we come to him with our need for grace and forgiveness, whenever we do that, he is right there to open up his arms and say, come to me, because I love you. And i come into this world to rescue you from those sins and those failures and to die on the cross for you. And I forgive you. He never wags a condescending finger at us and says, you need to try harder, you need to do more. I'll love you if you'll just, no, he never ever says if. He says done. I sent my son for you and he died for you and your sins are forgiven. Now, just go in that love, live in that love, rejoice and celebrate in that love and tell the world about that love. It's my joy and delight as one of your pastors to again tonight, just remind you of that love and tell you that your sins are indeed forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And let's just sing our thanks and praise for what God has done for us in his son, Jesus.
0: Congregation may be seated.
1: Gracious God, you indeed are our God. This is who you are, and you've shown us who you are by sending your son, Jesus, to show what real love looks like, a love that would do anything, give everything, anything for us, a love that would even sacrifice life itself so that we might know and feel and experience what it means to be truly loved for now and for all eternity Lord, we praise you for your love in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who is risen and living with us every day. And pray that we would just make him a part of our everyday lives. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my friends, we'll turn now to the beautiful word of the Lord. And first we hear from that great resurrection chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And as you hear these words, you'll hear St. Paul talk about the Good news that Jesus Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And because he did what he said he would do, he came back to life again, we can believe and trust every single one of his promises, promises that he would come and rescue us from our sins. St. Paul said, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man... The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. Christ, the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now, when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. And this is the word of the Lord. And now please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. This weekend is also, we call it Good Shepherd Weekend, Good Shepherd Sunday, when we remember that Jesus has also revealed himself to us as our great Good Shepherd. He said these words. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech. But they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And this is the gospel of the Lord. And now let's confess what we believe about our amazing God tonight in the words of the Nicene Creed. Together we boldly confess, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. You might want to pull out the insert you got when you came in uh, for the sermon message today as we work through the Word of God together. And you can see I'm kind of basing what we're talking about on our 1 Corinthians 15 passage we heard earlier. And the, the verse in the top from 1 Corinthians 15, it says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under under his feet. This passage of scripture talks about a great rescue that has been performed for each and every one of us. And we're gonna look at what that means for us today. But to start with, I wanna start with a little bit of a quiz, okay? I'm gonna need for you just to be honest and raise your hand if you can say yes to any of these questions. So first of all, let me see a show of hands. How many of you have ever Locked yourself out of your car or your home before? Hands, please. I had a hunch, (laughs) all right? How about this one? This is a little harder for guys to admit, but how many of you have ever gotten so lost that you had to stop and ask for directions? Raise a hand. That's a few. The rest of you are dirty, rotten liars, I think. (laughs) Just afraid to admit it, aren't you? Yep. Or how about this one? Have you ever gotten into a mess that was so bad you thought there's no way you could ever get out on your own? Show of hands? I thought so. Ever had an accident and needed to go to the emergency room before? Like maybe stick your finger in a hedge trimmer on Faith and Action Day? <laughs> Hypothetically, I'm just saying. Maybe? All right, well, here's one. This is going to require the ultimate test of honesty. Have you ever gotten stuck in a public bathroom stall with no toilet paper? <laughs> hands? Right Now, don't shake hands with those people right there. That's all I'm saying, (laughs) right? Well, see, in every one of those cases, you needed a rescuer, didn't you? You needed a savior. You needed someone to help you out. Uh, This theme of needing rescue isn't new to us, is it? I mean, we live in a world where we just can't do everything on our own where once in a while we have to ask for help. There are times when we just need to be rescued. In fact, if you're following in your outline, right, rescue is just such a theme in our world that most great literature and movies have something to do with the theme of rescue. I mean, just think of the movies that you've seen where someone needs to be saved, whether it's Saving Private Ryan or Apollo 13 or, you know, Mission Impossible or Matrix or Schindler's List, Right? All of these movies, there's something there about needing to be saved, right? A rescue of some sort or another. In fact, I got online and I looked up the top grossing movies of all time. You know the top seven grossing movies of all time? You know what they are? Avatar, Avengers, Titanic, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Lion King, and Lord of the Rings. Think about every one of those movies. Do you know what the th- this consistent theme is? Rescue, whether it's a, a storm or a tornado or it's a virus or it's a bad guy or a, a, or a, or a, or a, a conniving lion, whatever it is, right? The, the circumstances change, but the theme that's the same is always rescue, isn't it? Rescue, a needing to be saved. And really, if you wanna read the greatest rescue book of all time, read the Bible. God has a habit in the Bible of bailing people out over and over and over again, from beginning with Adam and Eve, right? All the way through with their kids to Abraham and Noah and Jonah and Jacob and Isaac and the nation of Israel. I mean, over and over, the Bible is a giant rescue book. It's about God stepping in and helping people, saving people when they need it most. But if you're following along the box in your outline, right? the foremost rescue story of all, of all time. The greatest rescue story ever is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Easter. Because Easter is the story of the greatest rescue mission ever, where God came to earth in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, to do one thing, to rescue all of humanity, to rescue you and me. I mean, think about this. When when we hear the Superman stories, we know that's just myth. I mean, you do know Superman's not real, right? That's a myth, that's pretend, that's fiction, it's not true. But when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about the rescue mission, when we talk about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, this isn't fiction, this isn't make believe or pretend, this isn't a mother goose story, it's not a great movie, it's real. Because Jesus was a real person who lived in our real world, who walked in our real planet, and who died just like everyone else does in this world, but rose again on Easter. And this event, the rescue mission of God sending his real son into our real world, was the most important event in all of history. In fact, you know the event, the rescue mission of Jesus, literally divided all of history into two parts, didn't it? Into BC and AD, everything that happened before the rescue event and everything that happened after the rescue event. Why does this one event divide all of history? Because it is the most important event that has ever happened on this planet the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, anytime you tell someone how old you are, anytime you tell someone it's your birthday, you say, I was born in 1963. Well, What does that mean? It means you were born 1,963 years after what? After the greatest rescue mission in the history of the world. After Jesus came into our lives and into our world. So you wanna talk about an incredible rescue mission, this is it, isn't it? So the Bible is crystal clear that the whole work of Jesus was about this one thing. I want you to look at the verse from 1 Timothy 2 under the box on your outline. It's a great verse. It says, there is only one God, and Jesus Christ is the only one who can bring us to God. Jesus became truly human, and he gave himself, and look at this, why? To rescue all of us. There it is. This is God's plan. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't coincidence that Jesus showed up some 2,000 years ago. It wasn't just, you know, happenstance, but it was on purpose. God sent him. Right, so that he could do for us what we needed to be done, to be saved. And how did he do it? Right, This is the next verse that I printed from Galatians 1-4. Jesus Christ rescues us. There's that word again. Rescues us. How? What's it say? By offering himself as a sacrifice for our sins. God's plan is that we all experience that rescue. So, when God was going to send Jesus on this great rescue mission to redeem and restore and save all of us who were lost, He didn't send, you know, like a a guy coming in with blazing guns like Neo and Matrix. He didn't send Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber to use the Force and save us, right? He didn't send, you know, Hulk from Avengers with superpowers. He sent his son Jesus. And what was Jesus' superpower? What was God's superpower to save us, the greatest rescue mission of all time? What was it? It was love, a sacrificial love that would make him, as it said here, offer himself, give himself, give everything he had to suffer and die on the cross. That was the key to the rescue mission, the love of God expressed in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for your and my sins. The greatest rescue mission of all time. And then just so that there would be no doubt that he was who he said he was, no doubt that he was God himself, no doubt that he had power power to forgive our sins and power over death. Three days later, what did he do? He rose again from the dead and showed himself to all of his disciples so they could see that it was true, so they could see that he was indeed who he said and all the promises he made and could be true for each and every one of us. So all of this then, the great rescue mission, the greatest event of human mystery, history that God would send his son to suffer and die and rise for us, doesn't it beg the question, what is it that we needed to be saved from? Now, there's two things I wanna chat with you about right here. Right? I mean, every one of you is probably saying right now, well, duh, we're saved from our sins, right? Duh, you're all looking at me like with a duh face right now. Duh, we're saved from our sins. And you know, that's right. He did come into the world to rescue us from our inability to save ourselves, from our inability to be perfect, from our inability to follow God's will and ways. He did that, but it's so much more than that. Right? Jesus didn't just rescue us from our sin. He also rescued us for so much more. In fact, turn your outline to the back page if you would. Right? Jesus also rescued us from the things of life. I just chose 12 things here on your outline. I could have chosen a whole bunch more. The word rescue appears 150 times in the book of Psalms alone. 150 times, just in the book of Psalms. The Bible is full of page after page after page of rescuing. I just gave you 12. Jesus came into our world to rescue us from the stress of life, from the attacks of others, from our guilty conscience, from overwhelming problems, from the fear of death, from the judgment of hell, from financial distress, from the prison of addictions, from a life without purpose, for people who cause us trouble, from worry and depression, and from traps that we don't even see. These are just 12 I picked. In fact, if you would like, on the there is a a lavender-colored page out on the little table out there with all of these Bible passages that you see here printed out for you. So, you can see I'm not making this up. I don't want you to think that I'm just, you know, pipe dreaming here. It's Bible promises that Jesus came to rescue us from these things. So, look at the box on this second page. The bottom line is this I just want you to hear this. I want you to know this, and I want you to believe this that there is no problem in your life that God is not interested in, that there is no problem in your life that God will not help you with and that there is no problem in your life that he's not offered to rescue you from if you'll just trust him. So what I'm hoping you'll hear today is that this great rescue mission that God sent his son Jesus is not only to save you from your sins and give you the gift of eternal life, but it's also to rescue you today from this world and its problems and its issues and its fears and its worries and its attempt to rob you of the peace and joy that has for you. Look, maybe some of you feel like this Psalm 25 passage. My problems keep multiplying, going from bad to worse. I need you to rescue me from them all. Again, show of hands, anybody? Need some rescue from the issues, the problems, the worries, the fears, the stresses of life? Come on, anybody, anybody, hands up. See, this is our, this is the same cry of David in the Psalms and we cry it out yet today. So don't miss this. Jesus didn't come just to get you into heaven, but he also came to rescue you from the problems in your life. All right, now we better step back and just ask what does this mean, right? Does this mean if you'll just believe in Jesus Christ that all of your problems will go away? Is that what this means? If you just trust in Jesus, you'll never have any financial worries. Everybody will be nice to you. That one person who drives you nuts will move to Florida, right? All your problems will magically go away if you just trust in Jesus. Is that what we're saying here, he rescues us? That is not what the Bible teaches, right? But what the Bible does teach is that when we face these things, which we will, it's a broken world that we live in. When we face these things, Jesus will rescue us from losing ourselves will rescue us from being destroyed by them, will rescue and save us from losing the peace and the joy and the purpose that he has for each and every one of us. I should have printed this Bible verse in your outline. I wished I would have. But you know, Romans chapter eight, it's St. Paul who's explaining this. And you know, he says, who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord? And then he starts putting together a list of things that we need to be rescued from. He says, who could do it? Will trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? He says, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, right? Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Do you hear his confidence? no matter what we face, Jesus has come to rescue us. No matter what we're going through, Jesus will walk through it with us. No matter what's going on in our lives, it can't win because Jesus has won, he died and rose again and has power over these things. And now we who believe and trust in him are rescued. Amen, everybody? I mean, is this the best news you've ever heard? Right? This is the great plan of God in sending his son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us from our sins. Now, I just want to close with this. Why? Why would God do such a thing? Why? And it's just so beautiful. The last verse I printed from Psalm 18, 19 says, he brings me out into a spacious place. He rescues me. There's that word. He rescues me. Why? Because he delights in me. You just got to let this thing sink in a little bit, right? You know, we've heard it so much that I don't think it really even affects us anymore. God loves us. God loves you. God loves you. Well, yeah, you know that, but maybe it's lost on you what that means. God loves you. It means he delights in you. That means that God actually likes you. He does. Do you believe that? God doesn't just tolerate you. You're not just there sort of on the side, you know, that God gives you some passing attention. He delights in you, it says. He likes you. He loves you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to know everything that's going on in your heart. He wants to walk with you and journey through life with you because he made you. You're his child. And there's not a single thing he wouldn't do for you. Just let this rattle around in your head a little bit. God loves to watch you. He loves to watch you go through life. He loves to, to watch you because he loves you so much he wants to see every part of who you are. I remember when my little girls were babies, I used to walk into their room at night and I would just sit by their crib and watch them sleep. Did any of you parents ever do that? Just watch them sleep. Just watch their breaths Their and and just Just to be there and to see them and to just watch them and then to watch them grow and become and do is the greatest joy and delight as a parent, isn't it? Even when they fail, even when they mess up, even when they're hurting, we just love to watch them because we delight in them and they bring us joy. So why did God send his son Jesus for you? Because he delights in you, because he loves you and he wanted to rescue you so you could spend not just a 100 years of life here in this earth with him, but so you could spend all of eternity with him. I'm telling you, you really gotta like someone to spend all of eternity with them. God loves you, delights in you, likes you now and for all eternity. You've been rescued. We've been rescued. And Easter is the triumphant note of that rescue for us and for everybody else. So God bless you today as you go out into the world knowing that whatever it is that you're facing, your Savior Jesus Christ rose from the dead and rescues you for eternity and for now. Amen? Amen. All right, well, let's say thank you to God for all that he has done for us, the great rescue event for how he is present in our lives with our offerings. Those of you who are online, you can see ways that you can give by texting or visiting us online Uh, Those of you who are here as the baskets come, I just want to thank you for joining us on the mission we have here at Faith to lift up the name of our amazing risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So thank you for your giving.
0: Strange and divine I can sing All is mine, yet not I But through Christ in me The night is dark, but I am not for The Savior he- Sure, sure the price it has been paid for jesus bled and suffered, suffered for, for my pardon, my pardon until i wait to, to all
1: gracious Lord, our heavenly Father God, you are so good. It's so hard for us to grasp and understand your love for us, that you would delight in us, that you love to be a part of our lives, that you would send your son Jesus to give his life for us so that we might be forgiven and rise again, that we might live with you forever, is indeed the greatest rescue event of all time. Tonight we are grateful that we can be reminded of that. And also remember again that this rescue happens every day of our lives. You are continually in our lives, our world, in all of our our stresses and worries and fears, you are there guiding and leading and directing, rescuing us, giving us hope, peace and joy. And so we thank you for your grace in Christ. We pray that you would be with those who are also struggling with health issues this day. We think of Jerry Vanden Heuvel as he prepares for surgery and all the other names on our ongoing health and healing list. We pray you would bring them healing that you would rescue them from, from their ailments. But we celebrate with many who are also rejoicing this day with Barb and John Wag- Wagner in 32 years of marriage. We rejoice in the baptism of little Jenna and JC this weekend and look forward to how you will bless them in the waters of, of a miracle of baptism. And for all of the blessings of life that our congregation celebrates as we talk about that in our forums today and how you are working and moving us into the future, Lord, we give you thanks and pray that um, you would just help us see your hand in all of these blessings. But we also pray for those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. Lord, in their loss, we pray you would reach down with the good news of the ultimate rescue from death to life again. And so we pray for the family of Jonathan Seafelt, for the family of Stephen Doms, for the family of Steve Parmenter, who have all lost loved ones, for family of Sandy Weiland and the loss of her nephew, Brian. Just God pray that you would bless them with the good news of life, everlasting won for them by Jesus Christ, their savior. So these and all other prayers, Lord, that are on our hearts and our minds, we come to you boldly and confidently in the name of Jesus, who himself has taught us to pray, That we might be assured of the rescue won for us by, by Christ. He gave us something that we could see, something that we could touch, something that we could taste. It's holy communion. And in, in under the bread and wine, you know, we receive the body and blood of Christ. And how do we know this is true? Well, the night before Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me all has been prepared for you this amazing sacrament here at the table it gives us such peace and joy so take a moment now to share that peace and joy with one another before you are seated and then come forward to the lord's table Having received this great gift from God himself, would you please stand as we thank him for it? Now may this true body and blood of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the true faith unto life everlasting. Go now in the peace, joy, and great forgiveness of your God. And as you go, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.
0: Let's thank the Lord for what he has done with this last song.